everything right now feels so out of reach. You always land on your feet, bro. You're hymen. They don't get out much. <laughs> Welcome into Box Office Quarterbacks. This is going to be a fun one today, guys. Uh, we are talking about Blue Beetle, potentially the first movie in the new rebooted DCU. Uh, that is my friend Ahmed. That's Gerald. Before we get into this episode, quick shout out to our sponsors, Rival. Rival Fantasy Sports is your new one-stop shop for really, really fun fantasy football, fantasy baseball, and coming soon fantasy basketball challenges and games and even coming soon some fantasy football leagues which the box office quarterbacks are going to be running here in about a few weeks. So go to joinrival.com slash box office QBs for $25 in free play and up to $200 in play match. I think I said that right. So your money gets matched up to $200. Uh, that is what I'm trying to say. What he's trying to say well, is he's going to get you up to $425 if you deposit 200 right now using that exact URL he mentioned. Join box office, joinrival.com slash box office QBs. You'll automatically start with $25 with whatever you deposit plus the 25. Then if you deposit up to $200, you'll be matched with that $200. So you could have up to 425 for the cost of 200 and you're going to end up winning it anyway because of all the fun betting games like bingo betting. Um, you can challenge your friends in different matches too. You know, you could say, I bet Russell Wilson's going to have a way worse game or a better game than Aaron Rodgers this week or something and bet that against your friends. Yes, It's a lot of fun over under fantasy sports betting stuff. Great time to join them right now. Um, but yeah, sorry. I just, um, I yeah. practiced that. Gem. Math is hard for me. That's why I majored <laughs> in journalism. So uh, <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Blue Beetle, uh, the new installment of DC, whatever they're doing these days. Initially, we do the start of these episodes with initial reactions. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different because we're going to be very divided on this movie. We're going to give one word initial reactions. So, Gerald, I'm going to start with you. Disrespected. Ahmed. Did you say disrespected? Yes. Because I already know uh, it's, it's already getting disrespected by some reviewers, even though the fan score is doing pretty well. And I already know Ahmed's about to disrespect this up and down for the next 20 to 25 minutes. I'm sorry, guys. I, I really hope this doesn't affect our friendship, but uh, irrelevant. Whew. Irrelevant. All right. I am. Fuck. It's already started, hasn't it? Ahmed, <laughs> Ahmed hurt my feelings right. early, early today. I'm going to say underrated as my initial reactions. But Ahmed, you had some strong feelings, very, very strong feelings about this movie. <laughs> You even text us in the middle of your screening to let us know. So I'm going to let you start off. What did you not like about Blue Beetle starring Zolo Madaduena, George Lopez, Susan Sarandon, and a whole cast of very, very talented people? So, yes, uh, at the risk of being unpopular, um, and here, here's, here's what it was. The first half of the movie, um, formulaic. Everything about it, familiar, the dialogue, I couldn't stand because it was very forceful. Um, you guys may not know, but I've been like studying how different actors, how they make a role and bring it to life. And so I've been really critical lately about how um, actors deliver lines. 
And so every line that was delivered just seemed so cheesy. I told you guys from the very beginning, this is Power Rangers take on Iron Man. And I think that's even an insult to Power Rangers or Iron Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? But again, this is just the first half. The second half did start to pick up. But when I say formulaic, I was like, this is just kind of like, you know, it's, it's the guy's down on his luck. And he's going to, you know, find this magic power. But I'm not a killer, even though he leaves behind a trail of bodies. And uh, But I will say there were some things I liked about it. I did sort of get kind of turned around the second half. Uh, I love the soundtrack. Um, I love the cinematography of it all. Aesthetically, it was very beautiful to watch. But, I mean, good Lord. I was watching the first half going... You guys told me it would be great. Even though I knew it was going to suck, I went in with an open mind. And I had to text y'all in the middle of it because I'm like, what the hell? I feel like I lost a bet. Not on Okay, 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 okay. okay. But you you talk about how you're you're trying to watch and you're trying to pay more attention to things. And I'm trying to change the way I review and watch movies as well. So when I did that, when I came into this movie, you know what I purposely did? I took out all of the superhero fatigue that I could. I stopped thinking about it. I took it away from Oh, a thousand percent. But like... But that's but that's what I'm getting at. Is like you have wanted this movie to fail since the beginning, and a lot of people have. To be fair, DCEU has been fucking up a lot lately. So like the trust is not there. Superhero fatigue is for sure a thing because Marvel is not holding up its end of this of it either. If we're being quite frank, so everybody in the world is already thinking, I don't want to see this. And on top of that, formulaic is a big word you kept using in your argument, and I get that formulaic. But let me get some one thing straight. It's a fucking superhero movie. Of course, it's formulaic. Um, they. And and also, if you took out the formulaic response, the formulaic is a thing because it works, right? Iron Man works. Ant-Man works. Spider-Man Homecoming worked. Origin stories like this, they fucking work for a reason because they are formulaic because people like formulaic things. But if you take the fact out that it is a formulaic thing, it is done a very well formulaic way. The story is there. The plot is there. The CGI is there. Cinematography is for sure there. Zolo as um, Blue Beetle is there. The emotion from Zolo himself and his family, especially when his dad dies, that's one of the more emotional father's dying for a superhero that's that we've seen on camera i say top six because we've had a good amount but not like a lot of great ones you know there's been a few that it's just like meh that was bullshit the villain was very weak i will give it that the main villain six out of ten on top action seven and a half because you've seen this action before again getting into formula and pacing seven and a half because it's a little slow to start but overall, this is an easy movie to look at and say, if you if you ignore the fact that, yes, I've seen this a lot of times, if this movie dropped in 2007, same CGI, same actors, same everything, we're all looking at this as a masterpiece because we've never seen anything like it. That is debatable, for sure. You got, you got to look at the original plan for this movie, too. This movie was supposed to premiere on HBO Max, so it was never supposed to be on the big screen. The fact that it looks as good as it does with the cinematography and the suit and the transformation into Blue Beetle, uh, I think that's a huge win for this movie. And, obvi- and the budget is maybe $50 million cheaper than something like Shazam. Um, it is formulaic. Uh, Ahmed, I will give you that. Like It does take a lot from Iron Man, especially Iron Man 1, um, Ant-Man, and Spider-Man Homecoming. But DC, 
has a history of copying Marvel. They tried to take a shortcut into a cinematic universe. This is the first time that it actually paid off for them. Well, and I'd, it, I'd, I'd that's, argue, that's a fair criticism. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd yeah. argue. I'd argue that DC has been trying so hard not to copy Marvel. They've wanted to do the opposite but, for so long. The difference is Marvel really d- digs deep into its like real world roots, right? Like, I mean, some of its biggest arcs are named after things to get you recognized into the real world. Silver War. Um, everything has a war into it, right? Um, meanwhile, DC, you kick it off and you have a giant alien coming down whose only weakness is a green stone, right? Like, yes. So, like, DC has finally accepted what it, what it needed to do for so damn long. Is and, and, Jeff, you've seen some of the animated movies and some of the animated content, so I hope you can agree with me on this. Watching this movie felt like watching somebody watch... It felt like somebody had made this originally for animation, had a storyboard up and everything, and the director said, let's make this live action instead, add some extra stuff into it. And Because there's anime shots in this. Some of the still shots in between scenes, some of the introductions of the villains, of the main characters. Like, it just... It, it's very like their animated series and it runs like one of their animated movies as well so like and that's why i thought the dialogue was so cheesy because if it was an animated series maybe i could have forgiven it more but the fact that they were trying to convey this emotion in the the first half that's all i'm talking about the first half of that dialogue where you're like okay so he's down on his luck he just graduated from college he's having a hard time finding a job you know it's all that i'm like oh my god oh and then like he he just got this job and then he's going to like try to stop the fight between um, Jenny cord, whatever. And her aunt, like, dude, give me a fucking break. I mean, I can argue that he was super into Jenny from the beginning. So that's probably part of the reason that he was trying to jump into that. Yeah. But that's why it was so cheesy because it's like, Oh really? This is their, their meat cute of the film. And you know what I mean? So that, I, that's why I, will I say, got turned off by it. I will say, you know, the dialogue is not Oscar worthy and nothing really is in a superhero movie unless it's the Dark Knight. Uh, Zolo is such a charismatic dude that I think he does sell this. And I think George Lopez steals a lot of this movie with the jokes in here. That is such great casting to put a comedian like George Lopez in a movie like this. Dude had me fucking rolling like half this movie the cast is charming i love nana like nana pulls up with a fucking bazooka at the end of this movie uh it is it just made me it's really love everybody it's top tier comic content is it not it's just like like comics have always been out of this world bullshit i mean like that's why their superheroes have powers in the first place was the sense to give you some kind of like, okay, it's a different world where this crazy stuff can happen. A man has spider powers or a guy gets a beetle in his back. Like it's comic bullshit in all the end of it, in the end of it. And to me, yeah. like DC allowing it to actually happen, you can't take your characters too seriously. It works at times. You can make a Batman movie like that. The problem is whenever you've built a universe built off silly goofs and silly quirks and all this little stuff and villains who are dead set on world domination and all this bullshit, like yeah. you, 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 you can't keep the entire universe serious like that. So like uh, allowing it to be a yeah. little silly, allowing it to exist in a way like Blue Beetle, movies like Blue Beetle do. And even in the Marvel universe, it's it's all serious over there. right? Yeah. It's all it's all serious and shit, but it's also still funny as hell. 
Like, there's still, like, some weird shit going on. Like, I mean, like, you get, like, little call-outs to the weird shit that probably would happen with Ben and Jerry's getting Hulk Hulk and burning love or some yeah, stuff like that. Fascist. Yeah, Batman's <laughs> that, that, that a fascist. Like, stuff like that. Like, allow it to exist like that. Like, and, and that's how I think, like, this movie separates itself in the sense of while it does stuff formulaically and – while it does a lot of things that you would expect out of a comic movie and things that you wish wouldn't happen in a comic movie, it does everything it does well. It doesn't fall flat on its ass, in my opinion. It, it tells it in a funny way, in a, in a, in a really good way the like the worst part to me is like the the intro to blue beetle himself whenever he's getting taken up by it because that scene actually looks kind of gross and grody and the music they See, chose for that's it how venom should have been yeah that's that how venom should have been it is. but there is one this is the one thing in the movie that made me kind of cringe is during the transformation scene he is looking at his reflection at a picture of the Virgin Mary and the, the Virgin Mary's eyes uh, light up blue beetle yellow. I was like, okay, that's a little bit on the nose. But other than that, I mean, I thought this was charming as hell. Uh, I have a lot of favorite parts in this movie. What were your guys's or some of your guys's favorite scenes in this? I, I, I had a, I had a favorite scene. I, I think my favorite scene, I, I wish they kind of would have done a little bit more on the villain. Um, you know, cause whenever you find out his origin story, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, and so I would have liked to kind of see more of him. Uh, I also really liked the intro sequence, like the opening credit sequence. I thought that was really, really well, well put together. Um, yeah, those were, oh, and the fight scenes were pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, like I loved the, the scenes where, uh, you, you know, Zolo or uh, Jaime Reyes is going to go pick up Jenny at Cord Industries, and then they get into that kind of huge fight on the side of the road with all these uh, soldiers, I guess. But uh, Jaime, like, burns his clothes off, which I think is such a hilarious addition to these kind of superhero tropes where, you know, the Hulk transforms and, you yeah. know, he still has his purple <laughs> pants on. Jaime transforms and he's naked. So uh, like that whole sequence in the truck, I thought was just funny where um, he's kind of Winnie the Pooing it in the back. Uh, just some real funny comedy in this yeah, movie. Winnie Pooing it in the that. back. Well, when I saw that, I immediately, and this is going to be, I, so hopefully one of our, um, one of our viewers will catch this, but I'm watching, I'm watching a show called My Hero Academia. It's a Japanese anime. And there's a character on there that when he uses his power, he ends up, he can end up naked. So like his official costume, like he, he has it set up to where they doesn't go away like that. But like when he's training and stuff, he's always ends up naked. So it's always funny as hell. So when I saw that, that's when I was like, this is another thing that just feels like a DC animated project. Right. Yeah. Like just funny shit. And also like, it's just an addition to superhero movies in general recently. Um, but yeah. my favorite scene was actually when Jaime had finally like accepted the responsibility and power and his sister's about to down on her luck. She's about to get killed. And he just walks into the room and that fight scene, that hallway fight scene wasn't That's daredevil sick. fight scene good, but it was damn good. It was a good fight scene for Blue Beetle. I enjoyed that part. Um, and Cypress Hill in the background. I thought I was oh watching man. Uh, 
what was that Netflix Marvel series with Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and that whole crossover? Oh, the Defenders. Oh, the Defenders. Yeah, the tri- yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and they were playing Break Your Neck by Wu Tang Clan. I was okay. just that was like the ultimate callback for me. <laughs> no, yeah, there's some um, cool shit in there. Like he pulls out the sword from Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did. I was like, yo, like, this guy plays. This guy plays Final Fantasy, and I love the like in like. Things in this movie to me that like that you can say or like I wish there was more of. You put more of that in there, and you end up taking away from what made this movie great. If you put more of the villain's backstory into it, you make the villain better. You take away from the family concept in this movie, or you take away from the Cord family in this movie. And the Cords end up play a big part in the future of the DCU. I would assume at this point. Um, so like a lot of the stuff in this that people would hate and wish could have been better, I think were made that way because you kind of have to, you have to choose, right? You can't have a perfect movie. There is no such thing. You'd last four hours, but yeah, counter you can try to get in two hours. You can try to get the best you can out of everything. And I think this was damn near close for DC. But Go ahead. I was going to say, but small counter argument to the whole the whole theme of this movie is family. Yes? Can we agree on I mean, that? Yeah, yeah. this movie is a Fast and Furious movie. Let's get one thing straight. But so much better than every Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> yeah, we're not arguing that. But the whole movie's theme is family. And there are some people, you guys know I'm a huge Simpsons fan. And Mr. Burns, he's writing Cause of Death's Family, got in my way. And so the idea behind uh, the villains is like, your family makes you weak. But then you find out that his family was literally taken from him. And then, of course, you hear Jenny's story about how her family was betrayed by another family. It's like you could have done something so amazing by just tying in all three of those and making them full circle. That but then that goes into your a family. three-hour-long movie. Yeah. Honestly, I was listening to another podcast, and they had a good point. Not every villain needs like a huge backstory sometimes you just need somebody who's evil as fuck for no reason whatsoever susan sarandon her main goal was to get the scarab to create an army of bug men or and whatever carapax was she wanted money and she wanted money and that was it. her whole thing that was she the right. best villain in the world no not she by a long basic. shot she was just the she was just the very basic like Villain facing villain who can't fight him himself, herself, him or herself. So hires big brutes to do it for him. It this was is just not a shot at Susan Sarandon, by the way. I yeah, know, but like Susan Sarandon yeah. is not fighting Blue Beetle with the Final Fantasy no. sword. Like, just, just I like would have loved to see that, though. I would have loved to see that. Man, Susan Sarandon could probably take him with that Final Fantasy sword. I could, I could, I would have money on Susan Sarandon. And then I do want to say that, that I don't like. Rival. I liked what. Oh, DC, that see rival. Now we're talking about rival. But I do, I do like what DC did here by including some of its properties in little ways, um, and they yeah. did it a little less obvious than they had in previous movies. Like in Black um, Adam, they had like literally a room with just fanboy shit of DCEU products. <laughs> this time it was like I think like I think like two or three passing scenes, um, but like you know. Having those in there this way enables it to where it can exist in whatever universe they build around it. So Blue Beetle yeah, can come back. And I do like yeah. that because regardless of how you feel about this movie and regardless of how this movie ends up doing, I sure do hope we get to see this cast come back. 
Because right well, now, it's, it's it's not fair to this movie. It made less than fucking Morbius did an opening weekend. Whenever there yeah. was no strike and people were going to the movies every day. There was a strike right now. These guys aren't making money. And this movie made less than that. And this movie is by far way better than Morbius. I don't give a shit what Ahmed says. It's I have better than The Flash, video. too. But DC has, Flash. DC has a problem nowadays. And like even we were talking about it in the group chat where Eric, you know, asked his fiance if she wanted to see this movie and she told him, no, it's a DC movie. I don't want to go see it. Like the goodwill that Marvel has built up over a decade plus is not what DC has. So people are looking at these movies like they're automatically going to be trash when really there is some really good things here. So I, when I just Marvel people... announced the first Hispanic villain, they were going to have our main character. Oh, we lost uh, our shit no for Black yeah. 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 This is a Hispanic superhero with a, with an entire Hispanic, fa- like Mexican family living, trying to live and get through like, and, and, and they nail it too. And they nail they it. it. They nailed it. And, and Gerald come from Hispanic backgrounds. Like when they, they woke it. him up, and this when they like, woke him up oh, with oh, Vicks, oh, when they, they woke him up with Vicks, Vicks, that shit was fucking hilarious. Oh Vicks. my God. But like, I'm yes. not saying that's why well, anybody's I'll... hating on it. Cause I don't believe that's the no, case. No, no. I think people are hating on it. Cause okay. it's okay, good. Fatigue, Cause I was about to say. lack of trust from DC. It's sort of is like people are hating on it because it's a lack of trust of the DCEU and it's because of superhero fatigue. Because right now we don't know who the fuck we can trust, but especially not that guy, right? I mean, like you got two friends in a room, but both of them have fucked you over in the past. One of them more recently than the last, but the other one is just continuously fucked for the past 10 years. So yeah. you're like, which one do I trust? So the world's hating on it. I'm saying that it's unfortunate as hell. Like this is an Hispanic super, Mexican superhero getting a big billing in DC yeah. to and, and has been acknowledged by James Gunn as he's going to be in the new DCU. Yeah. So he's literally so I hope picking he comes off back. the new DCU With this and this guy. is happening. And it sucks because, you know, in a decade plus when the DCU maybe has figured the shit out, this very well could be the one that finally kicked it off all, kicked all of it off. And we could all be maybe. looking at it and being like, damn, and it was a failure at the box office. And I mean, there's been other DC movies that haven't done great. I mean, Shazam 2, Black Adam, even the Suicide Squad, which James Gunn directed, didn't do great either. We're not obviously, even talking about Batman not, versus Superman. Oh, that movie made a lot of money, but that movie was horrible. I mean, we could get into DC. That movie in made their a lot problems. of money because they marketed <laughs> an I Am Legend, like however long before. And yes. everybody was like, there's no way you can fuck this up. You're putting Batman and Superman in one movie. But they did by adding a convoluted word, story that Martha. made no sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Martha. That's that the one word. You, you really had to <laughs> that do That movie nothing. was so bad. If you were bringing Batman so and Superman bad. together for the first time on big screen, and then you messed it up. Honestly, any movie where it's Alien versus Predator, Freddy versus Jason, Batman versus Superman, it's going to be terrible. It doesn't work. I'll just tell you that. There's too many um, people that, that want to mess with the, the direct because you get two directors who have two different views of each of their characters, right? Yes. Like the director for Superman is going to think his Superman is a certain way, and that Batman is a certain way from what he's learned and watched on screen. But the director on the other end and the writers over there are going to think the same and different things about their Superman and their Batman. So, like, yeah. it's just you get those two involved and you decide to name one of them the captain, right? So one of them gets well, the speaking. Star. 
speaking of characters, this is going to be our transition into our new favorite character segment. We are tying in rival fantasy into this going forward. We're going to do a mini fantasy draft for our favorite characters of the movie. So we're going to give Ahmed the first pick in this draft. Gerald gets number two. I get number three. We can't pick the same favorite character. Everyone's on the board. Ahmed, you are on the clock. Who is your favorite character of this movie? So I'll make it easy for you guys. Nana was my favorite character. Oh. <laughs> yes. I thought she was, Nana was a bad bitch. Nana, like, just straight up, I could see in, she was the only one that I thought was the only one capable of making shit happen. Okay. And when you guys were talking about it, y'all come from, you know, Hispanic families. I get it. But let's get something straight. I'm the only one in this room that can actually speak Spanish. So, no oh, quiero oírte nada de nosotros. Okay? Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. All right. Look at me, Louie, over uh, here. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, quiero, no, no, no me digas nada. All right. Uh, okay. Anyway. I don't want to hear shit. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Come on, bro. I understand your shit, dude. Don't fucking say it. You, you don't understand it, but you no, can't speak it. it. <laughs> ah, ching out, you man. Oh, ching out. Look at you. Ah, andale. Love this guy. Come up here. 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 Andale, pues. Andale, pues. You know my address? Jeff, yes. You, I do. Yeah. No, I don't. Send me your address. I'm going to come. I'm going to send you some Amazon packages. Yeah. <laughs> All so, right, Gerald. You are on the clock. And say it in Spanish, actually. Oh, say it in Spanish. Zolo, Maradona. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I love how he made it sound like a telenovela, too. Yeah, he slipped. In our draft, I thought he was going to go number one. He went number two. two. Zola, no, but seriously, Zola Maradona in this, he's great. I thought his comedic timing was good. I thought everything was fun, f- great about him. Um, I had never actually watched him. So I never, I'd never seen the show he's on, and I, I'm blanking on the name now. Karate. You've Cobra never Kai, seen Cobra Kai? No, You're I've never watched much. Cobra Kai. You were I know, telling me to watch it like it. three years ago. <laughs> but like, but yeah, um, I, I, I very much enjoyed him in this. And I'm kind of want to watch Cobra Kai now. Cobra Kai is good for the first three seasons. And then some outlandish shit happens. You can look at me and Ahmed's review if you really want to get our sense of the last season. Um, He is the best part of it, for sure, though. Um, I do love him as an actor. Uh, But I am going to pick Uncle Rudy, George Lopez, as the third pick in the draft. MVP of the movie for me. Thought he was fantastic. Put more... George Lopez in more DC projects. That's all I have to say about that. Fun fact about George Lopez as uh, as Uncle Rudy. I heard that he actually grew his hair out for that oh, role. Oh shit. Like that's, that's not a wig. And you know, I don't know how you can hide that, but he tried successfully. According to Rotten Tomatoes, he like hid that shit for a while. So good job to him. That fucking commitment. That's next level. Yeah, and I love the Cheech and Chong bobbleheads in his truck, too. Yes. Uh, I love this, him singing Selena. That was awesome. Yes, him singing <laughs> Selena. I was like, oh, no, he's not. Yeah. Hey, so good. <laughs> Going to sing it? Bitty, bitty, bum, bum. Bitty, bitty, bum, bum. <laughs> bitty, bitty, bitty. All right. <laughs> Let's get to our final rankings of this movie. We are going to switch the draft order up. I am going to go first this time. And I'm going to give this movie an all-star. 
I don't think it's the best superhero movie I've ever seen. I thought it was charming enough. I thought the cast was so likable and the family was great. It kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Miss Marvel and that family in that series, just how likable they were and how you wanted to see more of them. I would recommend this. I would go into this movie with an open mind, uh, support this movie on the big screen while you still can. I have nothing but good things to say about it. So that is my ranking. Uh, with the reverse draft order, we will go to Gerald next. Yeah, reverse, I still get second. That's what's the best thing about being three picks on the team, right? Because if you get the second yes. pick, you have to, you're always the second pick. You never have to think too long. Hurry well, up, no, Gerald. It's also an all-star. <laughs> as I said earlier, the story, CGI, cinematography, casting, Zolo as Blue Beetle, emotion, villain, action, pacing, plot, and like just all that together, there's not – too many things I can knock other than the villain. And the villain is still a six and a half, maybe. Like, you're getting B, you're getting an 84 out of 100 if, you, if you're taking a test like that every time, right? And that's that's an all-star to me. That's not Hall of Fame level, but it's all-stars. Formulaic as shit. You know what's going to happen. You know who's going to be the one to crack the joke more than likely. But all the jokes land. They're all funny. The shots are still great. It's a new take on an origin story we've seen a couple times. And it's a lot of fun with great actors and actresses. So, all-star. Nice. Um, so despite all the crap I was talking, I would still give it, I would give it a starter um, because I know it has potential. This is DC's first attempt at making an actual superhero movie. No offense, DC, but um, it's just the fact that like it took too long to make a movie like this. We should have had our first Latino, Latinx, you know, whatever uh, appropriate uh, uh, adjective, um, Mexican, Hispanic, Latino, Chicano, Chicanx, all those. We should have had that a long fucking time ago. Um, and we finally got it. It's decent. I just wish it wasn't at this time where there's so much superhero fatigue. But I do still encourage people to watch it. Support your local movie theaters. Yeah, 100%. There was, there was three people on my showing, not including me. And that was, I mean, it was Saturday at 10.30 a.m., so I get it. But also, like... I would like to see this movie garner a lot more attention. It deserves it. Yeah. Just like, you know, what else, you know what else deserves attention? What's that? Rival? Join rival.com slash box office quarterbacks. Yes. Our fantasy league is going to be dropping here in a few weeks. Yep. Uh, got $500 worth of prizes up for grabs. Ahmed knows. $500 so worth for grabs. She signed up. We're waiting for her $200 to come in. Yeah, even yes. Ahmed's playing fantasy sports. And, like, Ahmed has never, like, I mean, he thinks that, like, when you hit a home run, you score three points and run to the end zone. So, I, I, he, I'm sure he thinks all that was real. Hey. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, like, what's it? We'll see. That's why they call them fantasy sports. Okay? We'll see how this works. The- we'll see how this works. Um, <laughs> I had I had that a long talk with Ahmed that fantasy sports did not include like pillow fights and other things of the such. But so- it would be so much better if it did. Let me tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> yeah. Another fun episode. Check out Blue Beetle. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We will see you guys very, very soon with another episode. We'll talk to you guys then. Have a good rest of the week.